0: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
1: The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's
0: bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy.
1: Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11
0: a.m. Price and participation may vary.
1: Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Proven. Good evening to you, Simon. How are you, sir? I'm great, Baxter. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to talk about the beautiful game from an American perspective, as we do here on Two Up Front, right here on Sports Radio America, as we do on Fridays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can get us on Periscope as well whenever we decide to do the show. So we've got a few people tuning in right now, so Hello. All of you on Periscope. Mind no none of this madness here with the Everton flag <laughs> or this Portland Timbers craziness. Don't, don't mind any of that stuff. It's just Simon being Simon, which you should. Well, I, this is. I don't really have much of a bragging right, but I've got this on right now here in the Revolution polo shirt on, so it's a sad day. Somebody's got to support them in the off-season. Exactly. We certain. cheer them very loud. Today is Jermaine Jones' birthday, so go Jermaine. Woo!
0: I don't know. Okay. It's a little sure. things in life. Revolution sure. fans have to cheer about. You know, okay. it's inter- interesting way how he celebrated his birthday, you know, going off on the ref. And, but I will yeah, say right, yeah, rightfully yeah. so. Absolutely. For every reason. Because the handball that the ref didn't call for the revolution, that was the exact same thing that happened over in DC's box. So it was? I, I understand. But you still got to keep your cool where you're not pushing the referee around.
1: Yeah, that's kind of an insta-red card there. As you, yeah. as soon as you make contact yeah. with the ref, they're like, oh,
0: it's usually a yellow card. So but anyway, uh, It also sounds like Jones is walking away, though, from the game. Yeah. At least from the rest. I've heard I've heard the rumors. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, yeah there was a, a good possibility of that happening and now that it's kind of all being confirmed, especially after kinda of how he went out. So
0: Well, and with his Twitter that he put out his tweet that he put out there of uh him walking away saying, thanks, Revs fans, for the memories or something mm-hmm. to that effect. Exactly,
1: yeah. So that's a very big possibility that something like that's going to happen. So, uh, And if it does happen, we'll talk about it here on the show because that's, that's what right. we do. We love talking about soccer. We love talking about all things that revolve around the beautiful game, whether it is domestically or internationally. And uh, you, like you mentioned, you can get us right here on Sports Radio America, but you can also get us on demand as well if you love listening to the show or you don't catch it when we do it live. You can get us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com as well. And then social media, Simon. Where are we?
0: Facebook, we are two up front. On Twitter, we are at two up front soccer. Also, our handle for Instagram, same thing at two up front soccer. <laughs> Twitter, you are. Uh, there goes my phone. Twitter, you are Baxter, at Baxter Colbert, and I me. am at
1: Simon Provan. Yes, indeed. A lot of great things to get to today. We're going to be talking about the MLS playoffs a little bit later on. There's been a a, a sending off in New York, though, Simon, that I think we will talk about as well, but I don't want to jump ahead of myself because you need to make fun of me because (laughs) this is what you do on the show is you make fun of me. When I make outlandish comments, I call people posh, and now you're yelling at me because I mentioned a few weeks ago that Bob Bradley is not posh enough to coach in the Premier League, and you've never let me live it down since that point. But now there's something totally different that's going on that involves Bob Bradley. It is, and
0: this is what makes it so easy to not let you live it down. Bob Bradley becomes the first American coach to lead a team into European play. Uh, Stabek there in Norway. They will at least finish uh, second, or third, rather. They're guaranteed to finish third in the Norwegian League, which guarantees them, like I said, a spot in Europa League, at least in the qualifying. So they beat... uh, Bodo glimped three two over the I'm sorry, I IK start. three ah. two over the weekend. Um but if certain results go the way uh if certain results go a certain way, that's what I'm trying to say, they'll end up in second, which may wow. not sound like that big of a deal, but it is because that, that means they go instead of being in the qualifying rounds for Europa League, they go right to group play for mm-hmm. Europa League. Which so, is
1: which is fantastic. And if correct me if I'm wrong, this was a Norwegian team that Bob Bradley took from like the ground
0: up basically and made them made them pretty good. close to it. So what happened is that is that Stabæk a few years ago they were in European play because they kept pouring tons of money and tons of money and tons of money into the club. Mm-hmm. What happening? What ended up happening is they could no longer afford it and they almost went bankrupt. Oh, that's right. Um, yep. So they ended up getting demoted down to the uh, the second league there in Norway. Mm-hmm. Uh they they uh, Bob Bradley came in, got them promoted, or he came in right after they got promoted, but everybody was pretty much thinking that they would finish in last. Uh finished in ninth with Bob Bradley at the helms. That's huge. And now this year he gets them all the way up to at least third, very possibly second. Uh he's like as I said, he's not he's actually not the first American coach to lead a team in Europe in one of the top top uh, leagues, not that the Norwegian League is a top league, but you know I mean, one of the top yes. leagues in those countries. Is that countries. the Tipper
1: League? In? Is that what it's called?
0: This, something like that. I That's yeah. what I thought yeah. it was, yeah. Um, so, But as Bob Bradley does, you know, he was asked about the significance of being the first American to lead a team into Europe, at least. He was his humble self. He said, uh, I've not thought about it that way. I've been lucky at many different moments to have teams that came together in a really strong way. I always remember that. When that happened yesterday, what went through my head was other days, whether it was with the Chicago Fire Mm. or with the U.S. when we beat Egypt and Spain at the Confederations Cup or the feeling we all had together. After we beat Algeria and won the group at World Cup 2010, that's a, that's a, quite a list of accomplishments. No kidding, I, I yeah. think a lot of people forget about Bob Yeah, it's Bradley. like, whether
1: I've done this or all of these great things and even this and that, but, but that's all great now. But, but
0: yet, and he finishes it by off by saying I flash back to those days when the work of a group came together mm-hmm. in a way that every single guy was proud and part of something special. I think that's the one thing, no matter how you felt about Bob Bradley in his final days with the U.S. national team, what you can say is that He did bring players together. He did. He made them believe. He was very,
1: very good at that. And I think that's why we saw so much chemistry between players at that time like Michael Bradley, Landon Donovan, Josie Altador, a lot of those other twenty teners that really helped the United States started to make a really, really a name for itself at the international level. And I understand that the hype going into the 2014 World Cup was different because of, oh, we've got a new coach, we've got all these great young players. But 2010, the U.S. was still fighting for relevance at that time. And you can say arguments that they're still kind of doing that as well. But Bob Bradley helped them make that next jump they helped put guys like tim howard out on the international stage where unless you were a hardcore everton supporter or a hardcore national team supporter you didn't know who guys like tim howard were and now you're getting that opportunity to really see that and therefore because of bradley you've seen that group grow ever since that part.
0: and one thing bradley doesn't get credit for people talk about klinsman all the time and this is one of the things i do like about klinsman is he has brought in a number of different players mm-hmm. but Bradley was doing that all the time as well. He did fall into what Arena fell into in his second cycle of the uh, World Cup cycle mm-hmm. in that uh, he started to rely on those guys that had proven him right and, yes. and he kind of had those glasses on, that narrow vision. Um, so that haunted him there at the end. But Klinsman, um, the, the difference I see there is that Bradley was looking for American players where Klinsman, yes, he's looking at some American players, but he tends to look for those players who are... Somehow citizens yes. are, are, are qualified to be on the U.S. team. Well, the, G- the German-Americans as the best players, right. of right. course. Right. But
1: that makes sense, though, because Bob knew the domestic game very well, and Jürgen knows the international game, right. the European sure. game, very well. So sure. you take, they're taking what they know and just implementing it into the United States system. And some have worked, both have had positives, both have had negatives to their campaigns going
0: forward. Right, and the the last thing I'll say about this, what's interesting now is, you know, we have talked about how Bradley has been contacted by their clubs, but the most uh, ardent rumor out there right now is that he'll be in League 2 in France next year with Le Havre. So if he does that, that means he actually won't be leading Stabek through Europa League. So I've got mixed feelings about that. Why would he leave? More money, I guess. More prestigious w- league. If he can take, I guess, if, if, yeah. he, if he can take Laharve Le from League One to League Un, well, now you are in one of the top flights. That is true. in Europe. That is true.
1: Something that no American has ever really done before. So you can definitely, I, I get, I get that. And I obviously, he's do. a
0: man who likes the challenge. He does. You know, absolutely. he was at Chivas USA. Oof. He took over the expansion Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. Won an MLS club uh, cup with them, and the uh, he won a double that year with the U.S. Open Cup as yeah. well. Of course, there are only 12 teams in the league at that point. But nevertheless, uh, he goes to Egypt, almost gets them to uh, the World Cup one series away. I
1: always forget that he was
0: at Egypt after the United States. Think think about his time at Egypt, too. The league was shut down because of all the uh, civil unrest out there. And yet, he still took this team to go basically undefeated until till they met Ghana in their final series Ghana. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but yes, congratulations to Mr. Bob Bradley on a job well done over there in Norway. Absolutely. Well, somebody that we will say that
1: uh you can make arguments one way or another about uh how he did, but uh someone that is now uh looking for a new job is Jason Kreis. Uh, NYCFC sure announcing this this last week that they have decided to part ways and uh he will no longer be a part of the organization going forward and uh my initial reaction? I was shocked. I was a little... Well, I was shocked up into the fact that, that I realized that this is not a club that's owned by MLS owners. This is a team that is owned by Manchester City. This is the little brother of Manchester City sure who's is. going doing all the big brother cool things over in England, and then it's like, oh, right... <clears throat> You're the stepbrother mom and dad adopted, or you're the, the, the oops child, I guess. We still kind of love you, but not that much.
0: You know, Don Garber Garber promised that wouldn't be the case, but it certainly seems oh, like it. 100% it was. You know, the the only difference I see between them and uh, Chivas USA at this point is that one played in an actual soccer stadium, mm. the other plays in a baseball stadium. Other than that, pretty much have the same thing going on. Uh, you know, I actually, I, I pinpoint this, Baxter, back to when... Christ had called out all the players saying, you know, it just seems there's some players who are not committed to this club. Yeah. And the one man to speak up and say, hey, no, that's not right, is a man who we thought signed with the club, <laughs> certainly made a verbal commitment, yeah. but yet ended up going over to Manchester City. So, of course, I'm talking about Frank Lampard.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think he proved every single person that uh, follows uh, soccer as a whole and ever ever thought that, oh, you know, New York could actually have a good opportunity to maybe make the playoffs. I honestly believe that if he had played the entire season, he might New York might have been sitting in a different spot right now. And I think that Manchester City assumed that oh I one of the biggest arguments that I heard is that when players come over from England, they don't understand what it's like to play in the, in the United States. Yes, MLS is different, I get that, but it's different in the fact of that if you are a team in New York, you have to fly to California for a game or you have to fly down to Texas. The climate, the everything, the travel time, everything is 100% different, where in England, you can fly 45 minutes in any direction and get to any game
0: you have to go well, it's to. It's funny, Lampard even came out and said something to that effect in which uh, somebody asked him, you know, what are the hardest things that, that happened to you in this league? And he said, well, for the fact that we have to play on turf fields, that we've got all this travel, that I have to play in humidity, that I have have to play in cold. So, hey, Frank, buddy, didn't you talk to any of your uh, English teammates, yeah, or that's talk-, what blows talk to my David mind. Beckham before you came
1: over? Exactly, and I was—I heard that on the radio today. Where they were saying, "Well, if David Beckham never told him that, then he's a terrible friend because <laughs> how <laughs> would you never, how would you not understand that? Even just having a general concept. I've—I've I've only been to England once in my life, Simon. But if I were to go play, I know it's going to be rainy.
0: I know it's going to be cold. I, mean, I know they, they, they play get, on grass fields, right, which freeze sometimes, and that's the reason they have to postpone games. Exactly. But you know, you know what you're getting into. Exactly,
1: and I'm. I'm not an expert about the the playing surfaces or the weather in England, but I at least know that, and I feel like anybody that's ever you know stepped outside of Iraq before and even remotely looked at the United States knows. Oh, there's a team in Colorado; they play at a hot, they play a mile above sea level. It's going to be a different altitude up there, or it's going to be really hot down in Houston. You know, in the middle of summer, like so. You, common sense.
0: It is exactly, um, but you know what? That that kind of your comment about common sense that that to me sums up. The City Group. Yeah. The, the, they buy Manchester City in their first year with the club. They do well because mm-hmm. they, they have all that money. You can't expect to have the same result in a league that has a that has a strict salary budget. No. Um, you can't expect that... You know, this is a group who obviously didn't understand that mid season acquisitions rarely help you in that first year. Exactly. And uh, so Pirlo and Lampard come over midway through. And one of the things that we find out is that basically Christ was preparing the first half of the season, for the second half of the season when Pirlo and Lampard would mm-hmm. be there. Um, and then after they do get there, of course, Lampard and Pirlo, now Christ is trying to work them in, and Lampard comes in injured. So he never really had that consistent lineup that no, he put never them did. on a good foot. So then, I, I think, I, let me just say, I think this is a huge mistake by NYCFC. Oh, I absolutely
1: agree. You just basically took, I don't want to call him, for the football people, I don't want to say he's Aaron Rodgers, but you basically took one of the most valuable Coaches in turning in that aspect, yes. and just now said, "Hey, he's a free agent. Anybody that wants him is going to go do it." And how many MLS clubs that even have great coaches right now might say, "Look, you're great, but Jason Kreiss is a free man right now.
0: We want to go sign him." Tell you what, I'd love to see Jason Kreis in Portland. Yeah, absolutely. As a, as a Timbers fan, I
1: saw a rumor today that the Revolution might be looking at him, which would blow my mind because they just signed Jay
0: Heaps to a right. new contract.
1: But even right. still could be some sort of a partnership. Well, you know what out. I could
0: realistically see happening? What's that? Is RSL letting Jeff Cesar go and bringing Christ back. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. The, the evidence is in the pudding, right? Christ retired as a player to take over as coach for RSL. Yep. This was when they were still basically an expansion club. It was yeah. two or three years into it. RSL was horrible. Then by 2006... They're walking off the field with an MLS cup. They were such a dominant, terrifying force for right. like five years. They it's... were the first MLS club to make it to a CONCACAF Champions League final, mm-hmm. in which they almost beat a very strong Monterey that season. So I, NYFC, NYCFC, this isn't England. It's not Europe. You no. can't just buy the players that you want. It's unrealistic to expect in your first year, especially with a roster that was in complete flux like the like the uh, Baby Blues roster was mm-hmm. to make the playoffs in your first year no, absolutely
1: not you 're asking way too much, and I, I knew that going into this, there was a good possibility that one of the two expansion teams might make the playoffs. My vote was for orlando i don 't remember if your vote was for New York or not, but I remember like our first way back in the day when the first, when the season first started, we were talking about if one of these expansion teams were going to make it in i had I had pulled for for orlando
0: on that yeah I was, no I was, I was right there with you. I thought New York could maybe surprise us, but uh i was i was never sold on no making and it. so much of this too for jason christ it was
1: all about what he was told to do he had zero input regardless of what people exactly. might say oh he was the head coach well that's great but if you look at seattle ziggy schmidt he runs that show he right. knows exactly what's going on down to the littlest detail he's in charge of bringing players over for jason christ he woke up every day and it's like hey here's andre Pirlo. go oh i didn't ask for him oh i don't care Here's Andre Pirlo. Go. Use him. Right. Here's Angelino, one of the weirdest, youngest left backs in the game. Take him. Go. Okay. What am I supposed to do with him? Play him. Okay. He doesn't fit our system. I don't care. Play him. Okay. Sure. And what are you going to say? No to Manchester City who took you under their wing for an entire year? And was it really a taking under their wing, or was it more of, this is who we are, this is what you're going to do? and how much of that was in the back room, like brainwashing, saying, this is the Man City way, you will do it, or else. Right, I And I'm sure there was other things that were thrown under the table for how extra money that he made. I'm sure there was all kinds of other things like that because of how much money the city group has. But even still, I feel like even though, I'm sure no one likes getting fired, but I think this might be a blessing in disguise, because Jason Christ may have walked out of that meeting going... Thank you. God. Exactly.
0: Right. Thank you. Thank right. you. Thank you. Right. You know. I mean, he when he was at RSL, he had Javier Morales. He built his One of teams the best, around. Yeah, and best he discovered him. Yeah, and uh, you almost wonder if he tried bringing players like that into NYCFC and Citigroup was going no. No, Mm -hmm. we want name players. We want American name players. We want European name players. So here's what I see happening. They're going to bring in some big time. I don't know. Maybe it's Carlos Ancelotti. He's sitting sitting there in Vancouver. The big rumor that I'm
1: hearing is that it's going to be Patrick Vieira. The old okay. French legend, who's also had so much, fan- who's had so much success with the under twenty ones, um, but even still, that's great that you bring in a, a brand name coach where he's going to get respect right out of the door. What does he know about
0: MLS? Well, that's what I was going to say. As you look at the history of this league, we've had World Cup winning coaches mm-hmm. in this league that have failed terribly, miserably because terribly, terribly. they they don't get the the intro the what what am the idiosyncrasies yeah. Of this league, as and compared it's not, to the year. It's not
1: rocket science, but it's a totally different ballgame. No,
0: but you need to have somebody in your corner that understands exactly. how this league works. Exactly. And you had that in Christ. You had a you had a coach who understood the American mentality. Yep. You had a coach who understood how the league works, and uh, you had a coach who was getting fans out to the game. Exactly, because it's like, oh, Jason Christ is coaching NYCFC. I don't care if we haven't won our first ten games of the year.
1: I want to go watch. It was Jason a great Christ move. It, it was. was. Everybody <laughs>
0: thought, oh, this this group actually surprising yep. me. They 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 made a good move. Exactly. And I'm curious to see what happens with attendance once this club starts doing poorly. it all
1: depends on who that next coach is I feel like and maybe, maybe why not why not my CFC just pull a weird move on everybody and bring in Bob Bradley just bring in Bob why not?
0: Oh, that would be really weird. I think Bob might just go, uh, no yeah, thank no. you. Yeah, no,
1: and that's gonna, it's going to have to be somebody European that has ties to either the City Group as a whole or someone that is European that likes a lot of money.
0: I know a European guy that may be out of a job very soon. That's
1: true. That's somebody that might be a good thing to talk about, which is a good segue into our 50-50 segment today, which is... Always a time where we like to throw different things about the soccer world at each other. Uh, And the way our 50-50 segment works is that uh, Simon and I take a topic here in the soccer world and uh, each take a side and uh, voice our opinion about it. We each get 45 seconds. 45 and 45 equal 90, equaling a soccer match. Not realistically, obviously, because that would be way too long we don't have that kind of time we don't a, even
0: have that kind of a time for a show period
1: exactly <laughs> i mean if we finish under 90 minutes we're usually both like whoo i mean that's that's good i mean we like to talk a lot obviously but we, we do we need to know we when do. to stop talking sometimes all right well that's what that's what wives are for exactly exactly we just sit and listen <laughs> and just let them talk and carry it up for the rest of us all right so um would you like? To, I went first last week. Yes, so I would be happy to go it's your turn first. to go first this week. So 45 seconds on the clock, sir. On your mark, get set, and go.
0: So we're talking about whether Jose Mourinho should be fired, should be let go. If this was any other coach, I'd say yes. And you know what? I'm still saying yes. It's time for him to go. He has lost his team. It came out this week that there was a mystery player who had basically said, I'd rather lose for him than win for him. Nobody wants to play for him, and uh, pretty much been nailed down to the fact that that was... Cess Fabregas, who came out to say that. So if you've got a player like him saying, you know what, we don't want to win for this guy because he's lost us, that is on the coach's respects, the manager's responsibility to to, to keep the team on his side. But beyond that, look at the results. Three losses uh, out of their last four games, only two wins out of their last five games, their last loss coming to Liverpool, a 3-1 loss. It's time, time to go. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, time to go. A lot of good arguments on that one. The results haven't been there. That's the
1: that's yeah. the cold hard honest truth. Regardless of what side I take about it, the results haven't been there. Right, recently.
0: Very true. All right, you ready? Uh, ready to tear me apart? Ready to tear my uh, argument yeah. apart? Sure. All right, Baxter, go.
1: This is a man who has won five hundred and one games during his time in the soccer world as a manager. Five hundred and one. He's only he's lost under a hundred and fifty games. This time at Chelsea, yes, has been his lowest winning percentage as a coach, where he's only won fifty-seven percent of the game or fifty-seven percent of the games that he's coached for Chelsea. However, he's one of the most storied coaches in the existence of soccer. He knows what it takes to win. He's won over five hundred games for goodness sake. He's capable of taking players, regardless of if they're happy or not. He can sell Cesc Fàbregas. He can replace him. He can find anybody on the transfer market. The guys that play at Chelsea want to play for him, regardless of what one or two guys might be saying. Sure, they might not fit the system. He's more than capable of bringing in guys. He's won it in the past. He can do it again. Give the man some time. Everything's going to be fine. Hashtag trust
0: uh, Jose. Time's up. (laughs) You got a little extra time because I was laughing. I did. I did.
1: (laughs) I got like .5 seconds left.
0: And I I hear what you're saying. um, But history is history. It is. You know? Did I, you know I,
1: that he's won over 500 games? Though? I didn't know that. No. I didn't know that. I did um, my homework.
0: But that was 500 games. That's true. That was how many games ago? That's true. It certainly wasn't the last two in the Premier League. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't, been,
1: hasn't been many in the Premier League this season. No, it hasn't. And like I said, that's, that's why I made sure to mention that this season for Chelsea has been his lowest overall winning percentage, right. or right. his time with Chelsea right now including last season has been, or 2013, when, when he, whenever he came, has been his lowest winning percentage as a manager during his career. Yeah, well, that, that to me says it all right there. That's it's true. Just, he's got the players. He does. He's got the appropriate players for it. All right, we're going to jump to a break when we come back. The Champions League was in full action. Let's take a look at, finally, did some of the big teams that are supposed to win actually win a game, or were some of those little teams playing the little nan-nana boo-boo there on the time? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is 2 Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon, the Champions League action. that uh, Day one of the two-day-a-week phenomena that is the Champions League. Match day four. Woo! The reverse fixtures for the clubs that played each other a few weeks ago are now playing each other again. So if your team was Real Madrid and you played PSG back on October uh, 21st or 20th, you played PSG again. So now you're going back through your cycle here, and it was quite an interesting opening day of fixtures so far.
0: Yeah, what? What a weird day! Uh, PSG and Madrid. What a weird match they had. What a weird goal! It was very weird, very weird goal. Um, but I'll tell you what, it you know, it didn't even look like Real came out to play today. You know, they were just kind of I don't want to say walking around, but it almost felt that way. Mm. I mean, Zlat- Zlatan and Cav- Cavini were playing plenty of bar music today. It almost seemed like all their cracks on goal <laughs> just kept hitting that
1: bar, just <laughs> missing. form a trio. Should retire and form a, a duo. Yeah,
0: right, right. They can call it the ball never bouncing in their favor. Ah, there you go. It's but uh, Nacho Fernandez, what a... What a freak goal! Beautiful that that goal. man had yeah. today.
1: That was a good overall run by the. He's a defender too. For those who right. don't know, yeah. he's an outside back that was just following the ball. Goalkeeper came off his line, one timed it over the top of the goal or over the top of the goalkeeper. It was really a weird angle.
0: Well, well uh, Silva was the one who who played it forward, mm-hmm. and it took i def- I'm sorry, not Silva. It took a deflection off of Silva, um, and Cruz was the one who flicked it in the box. Yes, but yeah, uh, Nacho Fernandez is the one who who slid it home. But was weird about it. As you watch the PSG defenders, I didn't get all their names, but watching every single one of them, just kind of stopped and watched the ball. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell if they if they were thinking maybe it's going to go out of bounds, mm-hmm. but they
1: they just stopped playing. They did, and I think that's probably. I think the PSG defender names that you're looking for are 50 million and 60 million. <laughs> I think those go. are the two that you were looking for. But since it was a, an action like that, that might have been like 30 and 20 million. Those guys weren't as you know paid enough to you know put enough on the line for PSG. Uh, But nevertheless, though, Real Madrid, with that victory, they have qualified for the round of 16, so they are through. Paris Saint-Germain still needs to figure it out. They have an opportunity to still get through. They have two more games to get out of the group. It's a good opportunity for them to do it, but even still... Right is that they're not in right now.
0: Right. Shakhtar and Melmo still sitting there at three points. PSG sitting there with seven. So they they do have control of their destiny when it gets down to it. They are, yeah. And well, uh,
1: Shakhtar won four to zero four against to Melmo zero. today. Yes. So that changes. That shakes things up just enough. Puts, where en- where p-
0: puts enough pressure on Paris Saint-Germain, that's yes. for sure.
1: Yeah, they both have three points, as you mentioned. PSG has seven points. There's two more games left, so hypothetically, if PSG doesn't win another game from here on out or doesn't, Or maybe they draw or something. Shakhtar, Malmo, one of those guys. Maybe. 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 doubtful, but maybe could sneak in. All right. uh, We also had FC Astana and Atletico Madrid tie. So they uh, go 0-0 on that one. Madrid, uh, they sit in second place. Pardon me. In Group C with seven points. Astana is in last place with two points. I mean, didn't really take much away from this. Madrid proving that the Spanish teams are doing fairly well as mm-hmm. they've been uh, all tournament long. They'll go through. I really doubt that Galatasaray is going to find a way to sneak in. Atletico Madrid will be just fine.
0: Yeah, it's a Turkish club that sometimes uh, pulls off nice results. But, exactly, uh, but That's all in it four is. points as well. Madrid at seven there. Yep, nothing at- to really help. Atletico, write home just about. to clarify, we- yes, Atletico Madrid, yeah, Real Madrid. Yeah. They won one nil.
1: Uh, They've got 10 points in their group through their four games. Uh, A big win for the Red Devils of Manchester United. They got a 1-0 victory from Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney, who
0: broke the 404-minute goalless drought for Manchester United. finally over. And he also ties now the club record with his 237th goal tied there with Dennis Law. Mm. Uh, You know, I, I like how he did it. With his head, that seems to be the Rooney fashion. That is a very it's either a header or it's a, or just a, a smattering of an awesome shot, a stunning volley. He did have a couple times in front of goal where he was stumbling over his feet, um, or CSK, the the Moscow defenders were getting there just in time. But uh, again, I know the fans have been really disgruntled with Manchester United as well as they should be, but they certainly came out and uh, played well today. Um, you know. Uh, PSG certainly could have used uh, Manchester United's defenders on the day. There was a point where it looked like Moscow was going to go up when Zero De Gea got beat pretty badly on the play and two uh, United defenders come in sliding in just in time to keep the draw alive. The ball ended up out of bounds. And just a minute later, the man we were talking about, Wayne Rooney, hero of the day. Goes in and gets that beautiful header. they will be songs into the goal. sung in the pubs all throughout Manchester tonight. So, but Baxter, there was not a single shot registered on goal by CSKA. So uh, I'll tell you what: if if Manchester United starts putting their chances away mm. like they should have in this game, they'll be a dangerous team the rest of the way through this. They competition. will. Yep,
1: exactly. And I think that this helps though Wayne Rooney going forward because he struggled in the Premier League as well. This allows United to say, Hey, look, we beat a dear, beat a decent team in, in you know CSK Moscow. Now we can go back to the Premier League and start continuing to dominate the top five
0: in the Premier you League. You know, and they're not doing horrible either. I mean, they're sitting in second place. Exactly. They're if, not if doing I, bad. If I remember that correctly. Um, they do play PSV in three weeks. They win that game.
1: They are they are through. Yep, because they're only on top of the group right now with seven points. PSV Eidenhoven and VFL Wolfsburg both have six points. Moscow could still make a run. They've got four points. So watch for those three bottom teams that duke it out these last two games of the Champions League group play. Yes. Uh, PSV Eidenhoven, as we just mentioned, they jumped into second place with a 2-0 victory over Wolfsburg.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I didn't get a chance to watch that game at all or even check on the highlights, so I'm, I'm going to have to uh, pull myself out of this mm. conversation. I'm going to pull myself <laughs> out with you. Uh, you were like working or something like that? Making uh, money? Or I don't
1: know. Getting that's, paid to that's what I tell the wife that I do. <laughs> I don't know. I just sit on my computer and look at soccer highlights all day. <laughs> now, I actually I, I had to do things and stuff for work. Uh, so PSV Eindhoven, second place now in Group B. So Wolfsburg I would have expected a little bit better out of them from Champions League play as a whole. There was so much hype about them coming into this. Julian Drexler, everybody that's kind of circled around. They've got Dante from Bayern Munich. This team should be playing at a higher caliber than they are right now. However, I know some folks are more excited about what's going on in the Bundesliga than they are about what's going on in Champions
0: League. Yeah, you certainly hope that uh, the Bundesliga doesn't start doing what uh, Premier League's doing right now, the clubs anyways, with, with, uh, you know, just, well... Here we are talking about the clubs doing poorly in Champions League, and yet now I think they're finally getting the message that, oh, yeah, we got to start doing well. And
1: I think a lot of that really does. You, you do need to take those first three games of your Champions League play, and I think this is maybe why they do it six games is because they get it. Mm-hmm. That these, sure. other, these teams are not just focusing on this tournament. That's why you can get away with that kind of playoff format in the World Cup and the Olympics because this is all you're doing with your players and your teams at that time. You're not trying to pull them in eight different directions like they're being pulled back at home. Sure. So giving them six games gives them an opportunity to check themselves and say, okay, let's, let's try this one more time. That was not our best performance. We'll get them again one more time on the home or away fixture depending on what it is. and we will be just fine. Sometimes that works out well for some teams. Sometimes that doesn't. Uh, We saw Benfica go 2-1 on Galatasaray. That was another good result for Benfica. They're trying to stay relevant. Uh, Another Spanish, uh, Portugal team, excuse me, that is uh, proving that they are capable of doing things. Even though they might not be one of the best names in world soccer, Benfica still... Finding ways to try to stay semi relevant, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, the big group, though, that has a lot of great, uh, great teams and players in it. Um, Manchester City went three to one over Sevilla FC. Big game for them. City continuing to assert their dominance from a all aspect side of things. It just was a great performance for them, start to finish.
0: It was. I mean, they were up. 2-0 within the first 11 minutes. A goal from uh, Sterling, who's been a great pickup yeah. from uh, from Liverpool for City. Uh, Ferdinando had the second. Uh, Sevilla did make it interesting, though. Uh, Trumalinas had a goal in the 25th minute, and it actually wasn't the goal that was tremendous. It was the solemn run by Coke or Coke, however you say his last name there. It's spelled like Coke. I'm going to go with oh, Coke, because I could Coke. go for a Coke right yeah, now. it's his brother Cola. There you go. <laughs> but he, uh, he beat two Manchester City defenders in succession, just slalomed his way through them, flicked the ball across the box, and uh, Trumolini puts the goal away. Uh, but Bonet came up in the 38th minute to seal the win. Yes, indeed. For Manchester City, so now they
1: sit well atop their con- their their conference, their uh their group the group yeah their group. I don't know. I got all kinds of stuff in my head right now <laughs> with sports. Uh, but another surprising result, though, was the Italian giants Juventus. They drew one one with Borussia Mönchengladbach, A very interesting game. Uh, Borussia was ahead in this game.
0: They were. Not only were they ahead, but Fabian Johnson got his first Champions League goal ever. So a U.S. international... Uh, puts puts a goal in for for and, Gla- and Gladbach. Yes. Uh, what made this interesting is that in the 53rd minute, Juventus goes down ten men. Mm-hmm. hermani's gets the. Although they were pair.
1: already leading, at they they had drawn level at that point.
0: That's true. They had drawn level, but then they held on for the rest of the game. So they end up uh, huge one one. So so t- speaking of Bundesliga clubs not doing well, Muc and Gladbach cannot advance. They're sitting on two points, mm. and they are yep. They are done. done.
1: That's big though for Fabian Johnson to score that goal. I'm sure.
0: Gegenklinzmann is like,
1: see the German Americans, they know what to do. Best player in the world.
0: <laughs> hey Fabian Johnson, I've never had a problem with oh, him. No. I think he's Not done quite well. <laughs> uh it's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, AS Roma
1: takes on Bayer Leverkusen. Chicharito, not only is he trying to take the Mexican team by storm by saying, hey, guys, look, I can still score a bunch of goals, but Bayer Leverkusen is probably thinking, hey, this
0: is one of the best signings
1: we've ever done in a long time. He's coming in scoring goals left and right for them. Yeah,
0: he's doing a wonderful job there. It uh, makes you wonder, should United have really let him go? Or no. is he finally in a system... That knows how to use him. More than likely, yes. I mean, how
1: can you go from so many top-tier teams and not be used properly? Real Madrid, well, that's their own fault because they have Ronaldo, so therefore they're already at a disadvantage of that. Even Manchester United, though. Plenty of guys on that team to give Chicharri to the ball. Never had a lot of good success. Bayer Leverkusen, can you name more than one player on Bayer Leverkusen, Simon? Uh, Let me think, no Okay, and that's probably why And that's why you've got a guy like Chicharito That's going to get the ball because they're a team They're not centered around one or two guys That are saying he needs to have the ball Give the ball to Ronaldo No, and Bayern Leverkusen, they want to win as a team They don't care who's going to score the goals Chicharito might be one of the guys that ends up being one of the names that we recognize, but Bayer Leverkusen's going about it the right way. That's why they're having so much success right
0: Speaking now. Speaking of Bayer Leverkusen, allow me to just step over to the side for a little bit. Uh, the Milwaukee Tour announced yesterday that they had a... Uh, they hammered down a partnership that is huge with Bayer Liverkusen. It's going to be focused on the youth academies, but they will benefit each other. So we'll have to have uh, owner Andy Davi back in here to talk a little bit about that. But that's exciting to see. This that's very this big. This future yeah. Milwaukee club Yeah. Uh, having a relationship with a Bundesliga club. That's huge. That's
1: absolutely huge. Maybe Chicharichi will come on loan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that would be so funny. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, other action taking place on Wednesday. Barcelona taking on uh, BAT Borusev. Barcelona is going to ride Neymar until they die, basically. Uh, there's only th- so much that he can do right now uh, with Messi being out injured. Messi announced that he's going to be out for the uh, El Clasico as well, so he won't right. be a part of that storied rivalry game. So Barcelona will take this game, not really worried about it. I didn't offer my prediction for
0: the last one. I've got Leverkusen winning that game also. Yeah, I do as well. Yes,
1: uh, the big game.
0: I feel feel like real, real quick. Do you yeah. think, do you think Messi is actually injured, or do you think this tax evasion stuff is? Really I'm sure it's
1: got a little bit of both. I yeah. mean, that his initial injury was a big deal. Like he did actually That's get true. hurt yes. and was did have to go. Oh, through come his, on, the you're ruining my
0: conspiracy theories I'm my sorry. Dear. No, it
1: was all a ruse. FIFA <S laughs> paid him off. I'm so sorry. Seth Blatter was the one that called him and said, "Hey, get injured." Right. <laughs> you're a soccer player. You're good at that. Fake an injury. All right, uh, Arsenal and Bayern Munich. Arsenal won this fixture last time by a resounding score. Do they have an in them again, Simon, to take out the German giants?
0: Do they have the in them? Yes, they do. I think they do. They're they're, they're finally uh, Giroud's finally playing well up top. Um, but the big issue though is their Theo Walcottless and their Alex Oxlade Chamberless. That's true. As, as,
1: that's true as well. We saw what happened. That's why they lost to Sheffield Wednesday among in, other in, reasons and by the way it's
0: the Capital One Cup we were both wrong it's not the Carling it I used to be why called why we Carling, Carling Cup. Cup. I'm, 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 I'm pretty One sure Cup. it's Capital One but yeah. I didn't I,
1: I, I trusted you your knowledge yeah. well you had said
0: Carlington so I was I
1: didn't you know, know <laughs> what I was talking
0: I was Capital One <laughs> Cupping Carlington I just put it all together it's good it's good it's good um, yeah they, they don't have those guys but uh, you know they're, they're still yeah, it's the Carling Cup if you remember <laughs> Capital One Cup if you remember what wallet, said, Simon? there you go had said he's not really concerned about that tournament, mm-hmm. so he didn't really. I mean, he totally admitted that he wasn't. They weren't trying to do no, anything. No, they didn't so. care. They're like, whatever. Capital One. When did that matter? But this is they... Champions League. I think he's probably I got American Express. He doesn't
1: <laughs> care. Anyway, so Arsenal-Munich. I like Munich in this game, Simon, because of all the injuries to Arsenal. Regardless of how well Petr Cech has been playing, Arsenal's going to really miss Theo Walcott and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain.
0: Yeah, and they actually really need to get a win because they're they're sitting on three points in third place in Group F. So we're talking Arsenal here. Bayern Munich, of course, on top of a uh, gold differential. Six points tied with Olympiacos, but they have their six. Plus six goal differential to Olympiacos, f- negative one. Yeah, yeah. So Arsenal need this win. They need a win. They do. They desperately need a win,
1: and I, I just don't think it's going to be in this game, unfortunately. Yeah, I
0: agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen
1: for them. All right, uh, looking at the remainder of the games, uh, Dynamo Zagreb and Olympiacos eh, can take her to leave it honestly. I'll go Dynamo in this game just for the heck of it. I'm um, taking Olympiacos. There you go. Why not? I don't really care. So why not? <laughs> Uh, speaking of a team that needs a win, though, Chelsea play Dynamo Kia. If you'd like to think this is a game on paper, t- uh, Chelsea should win, but trouble in paradise. Trouble in paradise. Jose- I'll, t- I'll tell you
0: one thing. If they lose this game, if Chelsea loses, yes. Jose's out. Absolutely. He's gone. There's no...
1: Done. even. What if they draw? What if they go the Brendan Rodgers way and they draw? Done. Still
0: gone. They need to win. Okay, they Chelsea they win.
1: I'll I'll take I'll because I'm a, a team Jose, I'm going with Chelsea <laughs>
0: winning this game. I want to see him find I know it, you so. do. I know you do. <laughs> That's terrible for me to say. No, I Kiev, they've been they've been doing well. Um sitting on five points there. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about them, I'm not going to lie to you and try to make it like I've been watching. Them I mean, play, you, you can but, tell me if you don't. But I do know how poorly Chelsea's been. Hmm. So I think they're going to lose. Okay.
1: Understandable. FC Porto and Maccabi Tel Aviv. I got Porto. They're sitting I on top Porto. of that group yeah. doing very well for themselves. Seven points to Tel Aviv. Zero. Tel Aviv's just happy to be there. That's all it really comes they down to. They haven't scored a goal yet, Tel Aviv. Yeah. So if there were ever a time for Chelsea to... Oh, no. Chelsea doesn't mind me. Well, Chelsea's got to play one more time. Could be crucial. Uh KAA Ghent, and Valencia. I've got Valencia winning this game. Ghent, I mean sure they've got one point, but not really thinking much of anything of it. Valencia, they got six total points. Uh they're three oh and two or they're two oh and one, pardon me, in group play. Valencia will win and they will advance as
0: well, along with uh when Zenit beats uh Leon as well. I'm right there with you, both picks, yep. Zenit I think will end up being the the uh, oh, I was going to say the only team with a perfect record, but yes, that is true. They would end up being the only team with a perfect record. Hmm. I think they. I think they'll. I'll, this week, this group is so weak. I don't know. Maybe maybe Valencia sneaks out a win here in this in this group at some point over Zanit. But I maybe, wouldn't be surprised I mean, if Zenit... they
1: got to play each other once
0: right. more, so they that do. is very possible.
1: But uh, Zenit and Valencia will both get out of this group. Yeah, without I think doubt. I had maybe gone on a limb early on and said that Lyon might sneak out, but I think I was just talking crazy at that point. Well, you point. said the same thing about Sevilla, so... That is true. That is true. I don't always know what I'm talking about. Only 97% of the time. <laughs> uh, or 56% like Jose Hey, do you want to review
0: season. our picks for MLS play-in rounds? Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: We did real I did real well on those. Real real well. I really do well, so when I do I you know, I gotta Oh I no, no, you gotta
0: rub it in. <laughs> I, I
1: understand that completely. Um that, did you what did you do for that Portland Vancouver game? You called Portland winning that game, didn't you? Or did you go conservative and go tie on me? I think I called it I'd have to go
0: back and listen to the show. I, yeah. I think well, I called no, we it didn't. Tie. we
1: didn't call those yet. That's why. We oh, only did the play right. That's right. We did the play-in games. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to talk
0: about that. That was just a hot mess. But what a, What about the, that? We'll get to it later, but that shoot-up between Portland and Sporting <laughs> Kansas City. How my goodness. crazy it was that? Speaking of crazy, Simon,
1: it's only fair that we mention the word crazy and set bladder and FIFA all in the same sentence. Oh, because man. they seemingly, they go hand-in-hand. Hand. You look in the dictionary against crazy or any weird word that describes, you know, conspiracy, chaos, whatever. Organized crime. Organized crime, you'll see Al Capone right next to that bladder. It all works out very well. Now, you brought an article to my attention that is dated, but also uh, about a story that is It's dated, dated, but it's not, right? It is. It's so, it's current news in terms of when it was published, but it's an old thing. So, I'll let so, you explain. well, it. the
0: old part of it is for the fact if you haven't heard uh it seems the 2006 World Cup, most people have heard this who follow this, may have been bribed as well. Mm. Uh, the one that made it into Germany. Never would have guessed. So the problem is, is that there was a transfer of 6.7 million euros that the German World Cup committee, Franz Beckenbauer, be the man... Whose name is attached to this money mm-hmm. was given to FIFA so that then then in return FIFA somehow gave the German World Cup committee another two hundred and fifty two million euros for some type of quote unquote grant mm. um, so that that was the thing that people heard about a few weeks ago. Well, the German authorities have now gotten involved uh, of course they have um, it 's amazing how since the FBI started getting involved in all of this, how the Swiss authorities are getting involved, and now you've got the German authorities. So they, they went into the uh, German Soccer Federation, basically, and and did a raid on them. Because mm. what they're saying is, if if you guys really got this $252 million, you never claimed it on your taxes. Jeez. So they're not only facing possible issues with the Swiss government for the bribe, but they're facing very heavy possible ramifications with the German authorities now as well. Um, and the thing about the authorities getting involved in this is that these guys can't just hide anymore. No. You know, they, they have to give what the, what the authorities are asking for. And if yep. they can't provide it, there's going to be ramifications there. Exactly. And I think from a legal perspective, as you mentioned,
1: this is something they can't hide from anymore. They need to fess up and say, look, this is what happened, regardless of if we're proud of it or not you can't continue to hide and i'm glad that the us has finally stepped in i'm glad switzerland germany everyone is kind of banding together saying look fifa we get it you've done some pretty nasty stuff now is the time for soccer as a whole to really step up and say enough is enough down with the reign of this corrupt fifa let's pitch a whole new fifa world you know as it were Exactly. and let's move forward together instead of all
0: this divided you know divide and conquer an old school risk game. Look, I the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, got in tons of trouble for for all of the corruption that was going on yeah. there. The best thing that ever happened is that corruption got discovered. Mm-hmm. The IOC is still together and it's been cleaned up for the most part. Yeah, it is. Um, so for the it seems people for the most part trust the IOC. I don't know anybody that can honestly sit there and trust FIFA, especially. When Sepp Blatter, taking this a step further now, comes out this week <laughs> and basically says, oh, yeah, you know, the 2018-2022 World Cups were basically agreed upon before we voted. What so here's God. a man who's saying, hey, I have nothing to do with this, you know, all this corruption. I, 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 There was no way I could know this was going on. And yet then he comes out and says, oh, yeah, I knew about it.
1: Well, the, is he really feeling like he's just completely infallible,
0: like there's nothing that, he's can, that he can say that's going to... Convict him of anything bad. I think that since he's been suspended for those ninety days, he realizes the end is coming, and he's trying to uh, go down punching.
1: I think so. Yeah, and he's just going to throw all things out to the wind and say, you know what, screw it. As you mentioned, like he's just going to go up punching, start dropping things. I wouldn't be surprised if more stuff comes out in the, in the following weeks about different scandals. Or oh yeah yeah yeah, I knew about that for sure. Or yeah, uh, no, oh oh, I didn't say that I, I knew about that, even right. though I did, and I, I I did pay this guy a lot of money, but you know, I was because we're good friends and I you know whatever I I thought his country would do a good job no you don't do that
0: no well here's his his exact quote about the uh, World Cups it was agreed that we go to Russia because it's never been in Russia Eastern (laughs) Europe and for 2022 we go back to America and everything was good until the moment when Sarkozy who was the president of France came in a meeting with the crown prince of Qatar and at lunch afterwards with Mr. Platini he said it would be good to go to Qatar and that is what changed Platini's vote so if Again, if Seth Blatter is saying No, I knew about all of this You then can't turn around and say I didn't know any corruption was going on no. This man is He's, he's basically
1: he's, convicted himself Exactly, of that. Exactly And I think that is one of the many reasons Why he will go down in flames and I'm glad of it. He deservedly could. so. I want him to go to jail for all the crimes that he's committed. He's basically committed, fessed up, saying, oh, yeah,
0: I'm well aware of what's going right. on. And FIFA's supposed to be a nonprofit organization. He comes Just out like and Just like the says, NFL is supposed to be a nonprofit organization. <laughs> right. Don't but get me started. He says, since I became president of FIFA, we have made FIFA a big commercial company.
1: <laughs> so what? What is it about the soccer? Enough exactly. of the commercialism. Yes. You are a yes. governing body of soccer, not right. a governing body of soccer that, oh, yeah, and we also make crap tons of money that's completely and, against and what it's supposed to and for him to, be doing. to claim
0: that the US the FBI is going after FIFA because of uh the U.S. not getting the World Cup. The FBI could care less about You think they soccer. even realize? They're probably like, who's FIFA? Like, Oh, they do so- Okay, soccer.
1: I right. think my son plays FIFA. And then FIFA. they say, oh,
0: wait a second. They've got guys in our country that are doing things with money that you shouldn't be doing. Let's go after these guys. Yeah,
1: exactly. They're more concerned, they're concerned, about concerned about the government
0: aspect of it than the soccer aspect. You might have
1: that one guy that's like, yeah, go soccer. But they'll be like, all right, be quiet, Jim. All right, we're going to a break. We'll be right back. More coming here on 2 Up Front. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter
0: Colburn. And this is Simon Proven. Remember,
1: if you like Simon and I, if you, ever, if you like us a lot, sorry, Simon, I was like, and yeah, you're done talking. It's my turn to talk. Enough of this. I no. wish my
0: name was Joe. Maybe you'd pay attention to me. Right?
1: No, no one cares. Go away. No, just- anyway. Uh, a quick reminder for all of you that you can get us right here on Sports Radio America from three to six Eastern on Fridays. The beautiful people at Sports Radio America providing us with three whole hours to talk about the beautiful game from an American perspective. We love them. We thank them for all that they do for us, and we also love you that follow us on Facebook and social media as well. You can get us on Facebook at Two Up Front. We are also on Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer at Baxter Colburn at Simon Provan. The Something R like There's double yeah. R's
0: there for the, rrr, the prrr, there, you pro go. Van. there you go.
1: Uh, all right, Simon. What's going on? You said you had a question for me.
0: Yeah, I just the the guy that you named Jim does when somebody says, "Oh, you know about soccer," and does he turn around and say, "Yes, I do." Nanana boo boo. <laughs> probably
1: what it came down to. Yes, and they're like, "All right, Jim, you're you're not you're not going to go anywhere." See, I, I I honestly bet you though that there is probably that one guy, but then some of those other guys that are like, "I don't know what soccer is, but I
0: know my son plays FIFA." So they're like, right, wait, are we going right. after the video game? It's like, no, it's not
1: the video game.
0: Well, you know, speaking of FIFA, I do want to say one of the one of the good things that did come out of this so far. So Traffic Sports USA um, was one of those companies that was involved with the FIFA scandals. Mm. Uh, they did own the Carolina RailHawks as uh, in the NASL, and uh, well, Traffic actually played a huge part in the NASL. So NASL said we can't we can't be involved with Traffic anymore. Um, so that made a lot of people worried about the Carolina Railhawks, whether that club would stay in existence. And uh, just reported a few days ago that Steven Malik, who is who's a local man there in North Carolina, graduate of UNC Chapel Hill, has bought the Carolina Railhawks. So really? it's another club that will stay alive there in the NASL. Way to go.
1: Keeping it alive, keeping it alive. I mean, do you... I mean, I feel bad for the NASL. I feel like they're like the little... I I feel like I keep making the little brother comparison. They're the little brother that nobody cares about. They're they're the middle child because USL is doing really well. And MLS is like, oh, USL. It's like, oh, NASL. That's right. You're a thing.
0: Well, you know, I think part of that is... When the NSL first the NASL first came out, they basically came out and said, We're gonna compete with MLS. Yeah, well so, good luck with that yeah, though. Right. You know, um they got some fun clubs in there. They got some clubs doing well. You got the Indy Eleven mm-hmm. been around for a couple of years now, Peter Wilt of the old Chicago Fire and of the old Milwaukee Well, Milwaukee Wave still around. They're both still around. Anyways, Details. You know, ninety eight hundred people. ninety eight one more time. What time is it? Okay. <laughs> not, 9, not that late. Ninety-eight hundred in attendance on their average, but you know the NASL is averaging just under six thousand a game. That's eh, not um, terrible. Not t- well. You think about it. That's the second division. That's actually pretty darn good. I mean, I was going to say how big are these stadiums that they're filling? Exactly. Mm. You know, I I don't. I think I've told you I've been to the uh, San Antonio Scorpion yeah. stadium. That is a beautiful eight thousand seat soccer specific mm. stadium. It's really and they're averaging really
1: sixty-seven hundred a game. Yeah,
0: so they're almost filling up that stadium. Yeah, that's you know, perfectly it's all right. fine. Again, when I was a kid, man, this these numbers were MLS even numbers f- yeah exactly, you were uh, lucky if you got nine thousand out of a game and speaking of MLS attendance backs so i 'm glad you brought that up you're welcome um, this is not me tooting my own horn this was this was actually easy to see, but one of our very first shows I had mm-hmm. talked about my I believe was that I think MLS will finally crack that twenty thousand average attendance yep. mark. Now, look, they got a lot of help. They had two expansion clubs this year that were well supported: Orlando and uh, what's that other club? Oh, we talked about the Manchester before. City. That's right, Manchester City, baby blues, whatever. Yeah, um, you know. Orlando averaging 33,000 basically. They've cool thing about that is they're expanding their stadium that they're no. already building to include even more in there of course. NYCFC at 29,000 people on their average attendance. But point is I had said I believe it'll crack that 21 that 20,000 average attendance. They actually topped 21,000 wow. for the season. 21,500. So Give once again, i MLS. last well yeah, done. Yeah, once again outpacing the NBA and the NHL, the NHL. You know, and it's funny, when when I was younger, too, we talk about how these teams are doing horrible in attendance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had you had teams not even cracking 10,000 a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, it also helped that Chivas USA doesn't figure into the equation Thank anymore. Thank God. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, All but four look, fans. Colorado Rapids averaged the least amount in attendance, 15,657. When I was a kid in the third or fourth year of MLS, that was a top number. That is. That's huge. And I do find it interesting looking at this list, Simon,
1: that the team that was the best in the Western Conference is the 18th
0: overall on this list for attendance. 15981 for FC Dallas. How yeah. crazy is that? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I know exactly what the answer to that is, and many MLS fans can tell you what the answer to that is. They were one of the first ones to build a soccer-specific stadium, mm-hmm. as was the Chicago Fire, who are only averaging 16000 a game. Now, of course, the Fire has other issues with how badly they've been playing. True. But these are stadiums that are way outside of downtown. Yeah. You I've know, heard it's just a pain to get to the Chicago Fire Stadium. It is a pain. I've been there a few times you know it's it's way down and that we're talking about coming from Milwaukee, so yeah, take that for what it's worth, but it still is i mean it's forty five minutes to an hour of a drive from downtown Chicago to bridgeview so it's it's quite a drive um but then you got these other teams, obviously Seattle plays at at Sea link, and uh, I'm glad that they finally opened
1: up the rest of the stadium too.
0: Yes. Because that yeah. was
1: a big issue for a while. It was like, we're selling out, but we need, you know, we could definitely fill the stadium. Because they were averaging like between twenty and 30,000. Like, we can sell, we can sell.
0: I think they've always been up in like that 36 range. I think but so. But then they opened it up more and more. They and- did,
1: yeah. I don't know if they haven't opened it up. All the way, I don't think. No, no. Because I think they can put like for 60, certain games, 67, I think they can Yeah, put when, they,
0: when they play Portland, they open it up all the way. But yeah. it's, it's for special games. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, still, to be averaging 44,000 fans a game, hey, huge. That's impressive. That's absolutely huge. How many soccer players? I mean, I know Old Trafford can hold a ton of people, but
1: how many players that come over either come over from Europe... And say, oh, MLS is going to probably have you know twenty people and dog there. It's like, no, you're playing in front of forty four thousand people at Seattle. That's a massive atmosphere. That's going to be crazy.
0: Absolutely. Or even you know talking about clubs like Toronto and LA, averaging the nearly twenty four thousand. Both with soccer specific stadiums. Exactly. And of course, Portland. I'm going to throw them out there. Sellout after sellout after sellout. True sellouts. Yeah. They're selling every at every seat that's in that stadium. How many seats do they have? Do you know? Uh, it's what's exactly what's there is twenty one thousand one hundred forty two. Okay. Um, uh, in their first couple of seasons, they actually weren't selling that many tickets because they did have to have part of it closed off mm-hmm. due to uh, uh, fire codes or something like that. Wow, whatever. Um, nevertheless, I, I will say I don't think the league will do this well next year. You're going to see some fall off with the expansion clubs. Um, I think Orlando, gonna, I think, will stay hot. They will, but if they're in their new stadium... They're, they don't seat 32,000. I think it'll seat no. 28,000. But even still, it'll be sold out every time, it will. Though. It will. Orlando it will. Is,
1: Orlando's not going to lose fans. They're just going to have more fans that are going to want to play, which is going to be good for the organization because they're going to be desired to go after.
0: Absolutely. And they'll
1: be sharing some time with Orlando Pride as well, so that's going to work out in Orlando Pride's <laughs> that's true. But uh, aspect also.
0: You know, San Jose had their new stadium. They're averaging nearly 21,000. I don't know if they're going to get those numbers next year.
1: Yeah, I don't know. They made a decent run this season. They didn't make the playoffs, but they still have a pretty good... I'm su- yeah they did a, they did a pretty decent job. I'm surprised Sporting Kansas City was as low as they were, and I I, I think that's maybe because Sporting Park is a
0: smaller. Yeah, that that's the they so they averaged nineteen thousand six hundred eighty-seven, but that's near sellouts every time. It is, and yeah. It, yeah, that's exactly what it is. There's nothing they can do about that. No, that's just how big the how stadium is. is. Right, right. But you know, again, I'd rather walk into a stadium that seats nineteen thousand and have it oversold by a little mm-hmm. bit, um, and have a sellout and have that great atmosphere that they have in Sporting Park, rather than playing in a football stadium that you can't. Can't get anywhere near a sellout. This is not a, I was just a knock say, on your no, club, but no, like the I revolution. Was, I was
1: going to uh, bring that up exactly. I mean, they average 19,000. They play at Gillette Stadium. Gillette Stadium can hold over 65,000 people right. at it. And the only one time I think that, that ever has been a semi full stadium was during the playoffs last year. When they had a deep run going right. on, they had—I forget how many. I think they might have had thirty or forty thousand people at the game, which is like the first time that the Revolution have ever had that many people at a game ever.
0: Well, well, they did have. Now, in two thousand two, I think that MLS Cup final, mm. they did—they sold out the stadium for right. that. That's right. But, that's right. But that's—I mean, your point's still very well taken. Yeah, and a lot of folks are still
1: complaining about whether or not that the Revolution should get a soccer soccer-specific stadium. If Robert Kraft even cares, there's right. there's all that BS, and that's it's hard when the playoff push for MLS is. Mid, NFL season. Because as soon as it's sure, NFL season, sure. Bob
0: Kraft and company are like peace, revolution. Don't even care. Exactly. But I'll tell you what, the players. If if we're looking at one thing out of this to the future, mm. the players when their next round of CBA negotiations, man, they got to put their feet in the sand. Absolutely. I don't want to see anybody go. I don't want to see any lockouts. I don't want to see this league go on strike. But it's getting ridiculous for these owners to continue to say we're losing money, we're losing money, we're losing money. They've got a, a nice TV contract mm-hmm. that's partnered with U.S. Soccer. They're so going to be just fine. Right. So I think it's time that these players say, you know what, no. Now, the risk there is that may put a lot of these players out of a job because if those pop- pocketbooks really open up, yeah. some of these yeah. uh, mid-level MLS players won't have jobs anymore. That is true. That's the risk that, that's the calculated risk. That is, risk but, but it also does
1: depend, I feel like, of how many folks from across the sea want to come over. You know, and play in MLS, too, because it's one thing to have a ton of money if you're an MLS team, but it's another to actually say, oh, XYZ from Juventus, XYZ from Manchester United want to come play for us. Well, how realistic is that, though?
0: I think, well, I think in five years... In five It'll years. will be realistic. But, uh, I suppose yeah. that is when the next CBA is yeah. in five years. Or four, so that,
1: yeah, four or whatever. <laughs> okay. Season's over now. Yeah, no, that's very realistic, I could suppose. All right. Well, I think the thing that we've been waiting the longest to talk about on the show that I've been looking forward to the most about talking to is the MLS playoffs. They are in full swing right now. The knockout rounds are over. The first legs are over. So let's go back and recap some of the action. Uh, starting in, uh, Simon, we'll have you take the Western knockout rounds first, and then I'll go to the East. So after you, sir.
0: Sure. Well, uh, I think we both predicted that Seattle would finally get over mm-hmm. their LA Galaxy jinx. Huge victory. And they club. did, they did. Um, it was, it was. These playing rounds, these playing games. I have to, ha- I have to say, every single one of them was exciting to watch. Every single one. We go from decision day being an exciting time in MLS to the the playing rounds, which were, which were quite fun. So yeah, Galaxy go down in Seattle three to two. So the the Sounders finally triumph over the LA Galaxy. Clint Dempsey, Nelson Vandez scored in the first half for Seattle. Uh, Sebastian, the legit, and Gia- Giassi, <laughs> what, Jossie's artist? Thank you just gotta, you. like,
1: just say it. Don't even, like, think about Don't it. think it just about Just dive right. right into it, otherwise you mess it up every time.
0: Uh, they, they ended up drawing, uh, bringing L.A. back into it, um, and it was actually off of some crucial mistakes that mm-hmm. that Seattle ended up scoring their goal. So that was the weird thing. LA was kind of their their own worst enemy. They were. In they that did game. not look good
1: in this game, to be
0: completely honest, they did not. They did not at all. But uh, anyways, Seattle takes the game three to two and move on into the next round, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, why don't you take one of the Easter conference games, and I'll get us wrapped up on the all rest right. after that. Well,
1: uh, I'll start with the spanking uh, Montreal Impact. They had to beat Toronto FC not only uh, in decision day to get a high seed. Uh, we knew they were going to make the playoffs, we just didn't know where they were going to be leveled out at. They had to win this game uh, against Toronto last week of the season. Toronto needed to win also to get a higher seed than the sixth seed. Montreal ends up winning that game 2-1. to one. Then they go now to the opening round here of the knockouts. Montreal-Toronto again, they know each other very well. It's only been a few days since they played each other. They say, hey, Toronto maybe is going to get their act together. Doesn't work out that way at all. Montreal just completely obliterates Toronto FC. They win 3-0 on this victory. Sebastian Giovinco and company play the entire match. Don't look like they even knew what was going on in that game. Montreal, with that victory, not only assert themselves as a possible MLS Cup as they get them through to the next round against now Columbus Crew, but they assert themselves as a very likely MLS Cup representative of the Eastern
0: Conference. Absolutely. Yes, uh, and Drogba just, uh, man... It's He's amazing what He's one player does. Yes. It's absolutely amazing. So the game, the highlighted game for me of all these playing rounds, simply because of the shootout, was the, was the uh, Portland Sporting KC game.
1: 22
0: penalties, a record M- an MLS record for amount of penalty kicks
1: taken during a penalty kick shootout.
0: Comes down to the goalkeepers. That's the best way to settle
1: it. Especially, uh, they should have had the coaches take the kids. That would be great. <laughs> hey, they're both former players. Exactly, that'd have been a great thing to see. Can you imagine standing like, "Hey, we're we're out of it, players, uh, coaches. You guys are up. Go." <laughs> that would be awesome.
0: I have to say, it, the game itself was a little bit odd. You know, we saw Sporting really hold most of the ball, but Portland was trying to take advantage. Anytime they had the ball, they they ended up outshooting Sporting KC. Rodney Wallace puts Portland up in the second half in the fifty seventh minute, and I have to admit, I was thinking, boy. What The way Portland's playing, they got this. Mm -hmm. Then there was this huge tide turn, and Sporting just kept running at them. 87th minute regulation, Kevin Ellis ties it up. Now we're one-one. We go into extra time. Christian Namath does his thing, gets his uh, gets his goal in the 96th minute in the first half of extra time. Clocks winding down, and there I am watching this game late at night, thinking, oh, another season ending. Here we go. Yeah. And then a Rudy left wide open in the box no business how how sporting left let him be wide open on a cross he just slams it home it's two two goes into a shootout. Did you ev- fly off your couch when that happened? Uh, my entire family was sleeping at that point, <laughs> so I really had to like bite my lip. Was it
1: like the Nissan commercial? Did you hit, like, did you like walk outside, get in your car,
0: and then like start screaming and like hitting the horn and stuff? Basically, I, thankfully I was <laughs> too tired to get up and okay. do that. But but what I really had to calm myself down for was this crazy shootout. No kidding, yeah. Miss after miss after miss. Uh, <laughs> Diego Valeri mm. gets up, and you are thinking. Man, if there's anybody who's going to put this away, it's Absolutely. hilarious. Very weak-taken penalty. Uh, give give Sporting KC's backup keeper uh, a ton of credit. He uh, was subbed in specifically
1: for this. John Kempman checking in for that one. He only played 36 total minutes in the match.
0: Right. Uh, Melia got injured in the match, uh, which was a controversial play, I have to say. Rodney Wallace very well could have been thrown out mm. at that point. But at the same time, Namath, who ended up tying the or putting... Sporting KC in the lead, kicked the ball right at Milano's head. So what he very heck? well should have been. So poetic justice for both sides. I you know. Um But listen, here's the crazy thing. Not just miss after miss after miss, but for those of you who saw it, Sporting KC looks like they're going to take the lead. Their player takes the shot. It bounces off one post. Oh, my gosh. Goes across the goal, hits the other post. Now, the law of physics says it really should spin into in, the goal. But you, it you'd think so. Pops out. Oh, my gosh. I was watching that. I was like,
1: what? And I'm like, what just happened? I, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. And I went back and I had to rewatch the entire shootout again and really diagnose what was going on. And a lot of the shots that were missed and were that one ricochet shot, I was like, there's no business. This should have been in. But you have to credit those goalkeepers were dialed in. That those goalkeepers were. Fantastic saves.
0: I will tell you the thing that I think did Kempen in, however. Hmm. So, Kowarski goes up to take his shot, and Kempin does the old uh, baseball timeout routine, acting like he's got something in his eyes. Yeah. You see Kowarski get upset, and you see the ref say, no, no, go back in the goal. Yeah. Kowarski not only takes the shot, but he rips it no, into I the lower, lower right corner, his lower left corner. And then, of course, Kowarski gets in the goal, and what does he do? He saves Kempin's shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're huge. a goalkeeper, that's it's it's one thing to save the game-winning win- uh, game shot, but it's another thing when the guy's trying to play mind tricks on exactly. you. And you turn around and do right. a reverse ha! Jedi mind trick. Exactly. It was beautiful. So, nevertheless, Portland, they advanced
1: 7-6 in this game after drawing 2-2, two two. so Dom Dwyer and company will not be pursuing another MLS Cup title they will this know. year.
0: But they will still be in Champions League because they did win the U.S. Open Cup. That is true.
1: That is true. So, Dom Dwyer and company coming to a random island in the... Uh, America's near you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, will, uh, you can enjoy them. I like how you them. said that. That's uh, pretty much what it comes down to for Champions League play. Uh, and then the New England Revolution, they lost to DC United 2-1. to one. Let's be honest, the Revolution, um, I'll be, I was saying that they looked good going into this game. They did. They did. And to be fair to them, DC United did not look good. This was a game that DC United very well should have lost. But the way that Bill Hamid played completely changed the dynamic of this game. First of all, though, taking aside from Bill Hamid... Did anybody else besides for me watch juan agadello 's goal and say huh i 'm pretty sure Taylor Twelman did that back in like two thousand and three <laughs> against the Chicago Fire. I, that that goal, Taylor Twellman's goal, was like a fixture on my iPod that I would watch before every game, before like high school and club games. I would always watch that goal to help me get me super psyched about the game.
0: And if I'm not mistaken, that's the goal that really made you an MLS fan and New a really Revolution did. fan. It really did. Yep, that's
1: what really helped assert myself as a Revolution fan. And so I could thank Taylor for that, and you know the Chicago Fire for not making that save. But um, I saw that goal from Agudelo. I think Agudelo executed a little bit cleaner. I feel like Taylor had to kind of weave his way through guys and then get up and go. But either way, though, with New England jumping out to that early goal, I was like, this is a very good opportunity for them to win the game, build on that momentum, and then things kind of spiraled out of control from there. We saw the great play from D.C. United. We saw Jermaine Jones get sent off. We saw a lot of no... Not a lot of no calls, which should have been calls for both yes, sides. Yes. Not just for the revolution. There was a lot of no calls for both sides that the ref was kind of trying to figure things out. I'm pretty was that uh Mark it was Mark Geiger that did that game too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, what's
0: happened to him since the World oh, Cup? He had a wonderful performance at the World Cup and he get too big for himself. I or? think that's
1: must have what it been
0: because I remember
1: I was watching the game and they're like, Yeah, there's referee Mark Geiger. I was like, Aha, it is his fault that we're losing No, that wasn't exactly what it was, but even still, when I found out though that This game was going the way it was. And then you have to credit D.C. for the way they finished off the game. Bill Hamid stepping up, making so many crucial saves in this match. We even saw that in the opening round of the uh, Eastern Conference Semifinals, which we'll get to in a moment. But he stepped up and made so many big saves in that game. Also, credit to D.C. They got the goals they needed. They move on accordingly. So the better team won in that game. The better goalkeeper stepped up in that game.
0: Exactly, exactly. We've got uh, so so now we're in the conference semifinals. And big game. What's neat about this in both conference we have some big derbies going on. We do. We got the Atlanta Cup with DC United and uh, New York you Red Bull. You could have written it up better. Honestly. No, and of course you got Portland and Vancouver. If it wasn't Vancouver, it would have been Portland and Seattle. Cascadia. Right. So uh, do the same thing. We'll just do a quick review of these and then do our predictions. Absolutely. So Portland and Vancouver. It sounds like it could be not a good night for Portland drawing 0-0 with Vancouver. At the same time, uh, you could look at... So it's a good night for Vancouver that they go away and they they, uh, they get the draw away about from home. How that save from David Oosted? Oh, my that goodness. That free kick to the
1: top corner. Every single inch of his body on the line, top corner to make that save. Man Beautiful of, save. Man of the match. Absolutely. Usted. Oh, that, and
0: and the post, once again, was oh man of the my match Good sporting. I could not <laughs> believe Vancouver. how
1: many times... That the post either saved Vancouver or Portland, they just their forwards just didn't look in sync that night. No, they, they didn't. They just really they didn't, didn't look good.
0: But uh, you know, Portland does have a have a good thing going into now uh, Vancouver. They could have the advantage on the away goals. Yes. So they score one goal, and that's a huge thing for Portland. Um, I'm actually going to pick. Uh, should we do picks now? We can. Yeah, we yeah. can go game okay, by game. And sure. Pick. Sure. So I'm actually I'm going to take. I am going to take Portland for this. I okay. think they're going to go to Vancouver and uh, and eke out a 1-0 win. I but I agree with you on that
1: one. I think that um, aside from David Ousted playing very well in goal for Vancouver, I didn't see much else from the Whitecaps team that made me really excited for Vancouver to win the game. I would like Vancouver as an organization to progress farther, to continue to build. As I've mentioned multiple times throughout the season, I'm kind of a closet Vancouver Whitecaps fan. But even still, this... This Portland team, yeah, sure, they were shooting all over the God's great green earth during that game. Yes. But they were still getting consistent chances.
0: Well, and this is one of those rare games that they actually held the ball a lot more than Vancouver. Yeah. We're talking 60-40 to 40 on possession. And this is without guys like Diego Chara on
1: the field for them as right, well. Right. So they right. looked exceptionally well with some of their key players not on the field for them. So, yeah, Portland goes uh, goes through on my vote as well. So. All right. Uh, let's start with the Columbus Crew and Montreal Impact in uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals out of the two games that we've got there. Montreal, you could say it was a surprise. You could say it was not a surprise with Montreal winning 2-1 to one in this game against the Columbus Crew. Did
0: you find this result surprising, Simon? You know... Uh <laughs> With the way Montreal's been playing, I'm going to say no. You know, mm-hmm. Columbus didn't have the strongest of finishes to this season. They did not. No, and um, I think some of
1: that, not to step in, I think some of that goes with Kai Kamara too, who did not score a single goal in the month of October. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he hasn't scored a goal on wow. September 22nd.
0: That's uh, well. There you go. As as Kamara goes, Columbus goes. It's true. And, and as Drogba goes, there <laughs> Montreal goes. Montreal.
1: Whether Drogba, you know, is holding on to the, the leg of the goalkeeper or not in Columbus, I think they should call that leg gate or something like <laughs> now with that. I don't. Mean, people are making a bigger deal out of it than it actually is. I haven't really seen much publicity about it, except that it's turned into an awesome meme all over Twitter, sure, basically. Sure. But aside from that, though, Montreal, they did what they were supposed to do. They went in to Columbus, dominated the run of play, proved that they are the better team, and... Was this in Columbus? Oh, I'm sorry. This? It was in Montreal. It was forgive. in Montreal. It was in yep. Montreal. Mm-hmm. Dominated the run of play from Columbus. And proved... And Drogba had his hand in, in every goal in some way, shape, or form. I know he didn't have an assist on the last goal, but he was still a, vi- a vital part of the defender not closing down uh, Johan Vanegas because it was a two-on-one situation. The defender was kind of caught in between the two. But how about Michael Parkhurst just completely turning to jell in the midfield?
0: You know, that's, that's a classic example of somebody playing for the call rather than playing to that whistle blows. Yeah. Because he was throwing his arms up already. But yeah, he just kind of sat there like, wait, you're not going to call it? All right, no. well, I'm and just going to go and And
1: goes flying down the field. Yep.
0: And that was a beautiful time,
1: beautiful finish from Venegas. Uh, but even Patrice Bemer as well, though. What a great finish from
0: him. Absolute stunner of, uh, of, I mean, a great result for Montreal. At the same time, They did let in that critical away goal.
1: They did, and that was based off of Drogba, too, because Drogba was the one that was playing back on defense, headed the ball perfectly to Higuain, and Higuain was like, oh, (laughs) perfect, I can one-touch that, no problem. Boom, bottom corner, a cool, calm finish. He's the type of forward that's going to make that goal every time. But Montreal still has that momentum going forward. They sure do. They sure
0: do. And... Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, that's who I'm picking to win this one is Montreal. Yeah, I
1: do too. I am riding the Montreal bandwagon very hard right now. Uh, Another 2-1 game, though, was in the Western Conference. It was Seattle and FC Dallas duking it out. Uh, I thought this game uh, certainly lived up to the hype, wouldn't you say, Simon? It
0: it sure did. Seattle, I'll tell you what, I thought FC Dallas for the most part dominated this game. Yes. Uh, Seattle, obviously they ended up winning. Clint Dempsey, let me just say... It's amazing what happens when Clint Dempsey actually wants to play the game. Well, uh, some of it, I felt,
1: had to do with the fact that he played at the left mid for that whole game. That's true. Where um, he used to play in the U.S.
0: men's national team system. That's and right. And look how
1: much success he had back then, and now how much success he's having
0: now. That's right. Huh. You know, maybe, maybe he just has more joy not having the pressure of having to be the one exactly. up front. Uh, but the, the whole team played well. Um, you know, like I said, they, it was a... Uh, it was a strong match by Seattle. It all was. All over. Uh, Ivan Seattle. Uh, scored scored uh, Seattle's goal in the 67th minute to uh, add to Dempsey's total, which gave them the, the 2-1 win. But I will tell you what. Fabian Castillo was giving those Seattle defenders problems all night. He was. Brad Evans, Zach Scott. Uh, He was getting around them all night long. Uh, Zach Lloyd, on the other hand, had a bit of a a rough game on defense for FC Dallas. So that's, to me, that is the key to this game is can Dempsey and Martins take advantage of that Zach Lloyd-led defense.
1: Yes. Matt Hedges is not doing a terrible job back there also, but he's still fairly
0: young. Now, I I give credit to Oscar Pereira for playing Gonzalez in goal that whole game. Uh, He's a younger keeper, but... Uh, What a way to to get him involved right off the bat in in important games. It is. And he, to me, he was actually having the game of his life. Hmm. And those goals were not anything on... Uh, he was culpable... He wasn't culpable on either of those no, goals. The
1: shot from Ivan Stitch was just a fantastic oh. blast to the far post that I don't think any goalkeeper really could have got to. And then the free kick from Clint Dempsey was just a vintage Clint Dempsey it free kick to was. the far post.
0: It was. And, uh, you know, maybe he could have set up his wall a little better, but he, to me, when I was looking at the angles, he had... Uh, I'm talking about Gonzalez had that post covered. He did. Um, it was just a beautiful struck ball. So I'll tell you what. I I think that Dallas just has a few things to work out. I think they can get through... I have not seen. A team get through Seattle's defense like that, mm-hmm. like FC Dallas did with the the, the speed of Fabia, Fabian Castillo what a great It's just player. amazing. I think FC Dallas comes back and takes the series. Okay. And now keep in mind, I had predicted that Seattle would win MLS Cup this you year. You did,
1: and I think on that accord is why I'm going to follow up and say that Seattle's a smart team. They're going to ride this two to go two goals to one advantage take that down to Dallas, and they're going to end up winning. They're not going to win pretty, but they're going to find a way to win, likely off of a Martins goal or maybe a midfield player that you wouldn't expect to score.
0: I'll tell you what, it would break my heart if Seattle goes down there and just plays bunker ball. I don't want to see. That's, that's the only problem with, with uh, two-leg aggregates, mm-hmm. is you get a team like Seattle that goes up. And same thing with Montreal. You'd hate to see them uh, Montreal go to Columbus, Seattle go to FC Dallas and just bunker it in. I can't imagine a Siggy Schmidt club actually doing that but i could see columbus doing that anything is possible yeah no columbus yeah columbus might need to do
1: something like that but uh so we'll see what happens i've got seattle in that game you've got fc dallas although i really do like what fc dallas is is going on right now for them uh the new york red bulls and dc united was the final game in the eastern conference semifinals the red bulls and DCU looked pretty boring, honestly. That entire game was fairly boring. Not a lot of opportunities for either team. This is the first time DC United has not registered a shot on target in their existence in the
0: playoffs. Isn't it amazing? They go from beating New England two to one, who you think uh New England's gonna definitely, if not do well against D C United. I mean I think I thought actually New England might destroy them. I, I did picked, too. I picked D C United just for the sake of they're playing poorly, so am <laughs> they're gonna put in a good game. Yeah. Um but, but yeah, no we can fault you for that, though. No, right, but but to, to not register a shot on goal. For the first time in team playoff history.
1: Right. This isn't the first time this season. This is the first time in team history. This is a D.C. United team that has won MLS Cups that has gone so far and has been a storied franchise. This isn't just an expansion team. This is a, a legendary team in Major League Soccer history. And at
0: home as well. Yeah,
1: this wasn't like, this wasn't, they weren't down in, a, you know, a, a CONCACAF Champions League game. They weren't off in some foreign stadium. This is RFK Stadium, regardless of what's still standing of that stadium. They oh, still man. managed to go in and not register a single shot.
0: You know, can I just say, I'm always so confused with these stadium announcements. We heard long ago now, about a year ago, that DC was getting the stadium. Yeah, I thought they and were. And then it was, well, we got some few things to do yet with the city. Uh, we got a few more things to do yet with the uh, the city board. Ah, a few more things. I have no idea where that stadium stands because in my mind, it should have already well, it been It doesn't sit anywhere right now. <laughs> Great point.
1: Ah, that's what I do. It's a little thing, Simon. All right. Uh, so it was Dax McCarty, though, with that game-winning goal. Completely unmarked, running through off of that set piece. A well-done design play by Sasha Kleschen to swing that ball in. And a beautiful, beautiful goal from him. The Red Bulls lead 1-0 going into that. And s- going home. Is that is it Red Bulls yes. taking the victory?
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: they got this. So I, I like a Montreal... New York, uh, Eastern Conference Final.
0: Either way, I'm excited. Sunday, November eighth. Four more games of MLS playoffs to Let's watch. Let's see. They
1: will start as early as 3 p.m. with New York DC. Then that goes to at uh, that game is on ESPN, ESPN Deportes. Then 5 p.m. Uh, Columbus Montreal, ESPN, TSN two, RDS one, and ESPN Deportes. Uh, then you've got Vancouver. Uh, no, pardon me. FC Dallas Seattle. That is game is at 7:30 Eastern. FS one, TS one, Fox Deportes. And then the final nightcap game is Portland and Vancouver. That is at 10 p.m. Eastern on FS1, TS1, RDS1, and Fox Deportes. Check them out. Tweet at us. Let us know your predictions. At Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provant, at 2 Soccer. We'll be right back with our I Believe segments and closing out the show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, Simon. We've had a great show so far, talking about all kinds of crazy things in the soccer world. And it never gets tiring, does it, Simon? It never does. Absolutely. Well, it is the end of the show, uh, which brings about one of our favorite segments. (laughs) It is our I Believe segment, and the way it works is that Simon and I both offer statements about something that we believe will happen in the soccer world, and uh, we kind of hash it out a little bit if we decide to. If not, if we're really tired like we are kind of tonight, we're just like, all right, sounds good, and then we just go and (laughs) close out the show. So, uh, Simon, the floor is yours, sir, if you'd like to begin.
0: I do. Uh, I believe that Slapbladder will not be president in February. There are are ways that he could be, Uh, but to take it a step further, I believe... FIFA will fall under control of a European once again. Ooh, so I do be believe we'll have a European president. Okay. Um,
1: I believe that uh, as much hype that is riding around the Montreal Impact, they will make it to the Eastern Conference championships, but the New York Red Bulls will ultimately pick them apart and the Red Bulls will go to MLS Cup.
0: I like that, I believe. Uh, you know, I've, I've been picking the Red Bulls for a while now to make it all the way to MLS Cup, so I'm not going to argue with that, but I like how you said that, that Thank Montreal you. was kind of hit that New York Red Bulls wall. They will, and, and I, I
1: like what they've got, but at the end of the day, the Red Bulls are just the better team. Well, it's
0: exciting to see, too. I mean, I was we were talking about before the season what the heck's going to happen to the Red Bulls, yeah. and whether it's through uh, that crisis that they really found solidarity, whatever it is, They're looking like a great
1: club. Absolutely. Well, we are looking like a great show as well. And remember, you can get us right here on Sports Radio America from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on SportsRadioAmerica.com, live, 365, and tune in. And you can also get us on demand. Share our our podcast with your friends. Share it on Find It on iTunes. You can listen to it at work on iHeartRadio. And you can listen to it right here on Spreaker.com as well. And you can also go find us on social media
0: as well. Yes, we're on uh, Facebook, 2UpFront. We're on Twitter, at 2 Soccer. On Instagram, at 2UpFrontSoccer. I am at Simon Provin. He is at Baxter Colburn. Absolutely. I heard, though, you're changing your feed to at NananabooBoo. Exactly. Hashtag at
1: Boo. Hashtag Team Jose. Hashtag. I'm out of hashtags. (laughs) I don't know. I might (laughs) need to. Browns? I wonder if NananabooBoo is available on Twitter. I might need to change that. I might have to (laughs) check and change that. I could do it. Maybe put that as my Twitter bio. Just be like, (laughs) hashtag boo Boo. I don't like it. We'll make it happen. Man, All right. Man have to be nanana boo boo too. That's true. Underscore. Underscore. <laughs> <Right>. na <Nanana laughs> underscore boo boo two Something like that. Upfront.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Did you say
0: we're tired? We're
1: we'll right. getting a little
0: slap happy here. Woo!
1: We love it. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition. He's Simon Provan. I am Baxter Colburn. Until again next week, folks, with our manager being the one above, we are two up front.